This is Dr. Rosie Kuhn, and this podcast series is called Spiritual Immersion, Taking the Plunge. I may stutter a little bit because I'm starting a new podcast, this podcast, um, after I, I was doing another podcast called Aging Like a Guru. So I start wanting to um, speak Aging Like a Guru when it's now Spiritual Immersion, Taking the Plunge. So today what I want to do is share with you my a little bit of my story and what gives me the inspiration to do these podcasts and perhaps write blogs and hopefully a book that comes out of this as well. In terms of the process of uh, a spiritual immersion process and some of the things that show up for people as they go through this. Uh, so for me, I am almost 68 years old. And uh, I would say the first spiritual immersion process I started when I was like 17. And I won't talk so much about that. But at that age, I had no support. At that age, there was no therapists to talk to or spiritual guides. There was only me, basically. And uh, my parents wouldn't understand something like that. They were Catholic and they their level of consciousness and awareness, they didn't necessarily, as far as I knew, uh, could understand or accept or support me through that process. So I was pretty isolated through that process. And I think that's kind of n normal for a lot of people. I was uh, suicidal and again, had no way of handling that. But over a couple of years, uh, it transi transitioned as I focused on things like going to college and other boyfriends and things like that, that kind of distracted me. The next time something like that showed up was when I was in my 30s and um, I had just broken up with a boyfriend and because I hadn't dealt with a divorce and separation from my children uh, and other things, when that separation happened from that boyfriend, it just really took me down uh, and it lasted for about a year uh, in, in probably four months of intensity and then um, it started to um, soften. And so within the year, I was kind of back to myself. But in that process, I was in a lot of physical pain and anguish and uh, cried a lot and didn't have any understanding or support around that other than it seemed to be a very deep grief process. And so that's how I handled it. And then the third one is that um, has started about... 10 years ago. It, it was um, actually, it started before that, but uh, in a sense that I started to have anguish a lot and anxiety that didn't, and energy that didn't have a place to go. And so I felt like I wanted to move and jitter and juggle all the time. Sometimes I coughed a lot uh, and spewed or felt like I was retching, though there wasn't anything I was throwing up. It was like an energetic um, vomiting. And because I had been um, exposed to breath work and other medicines and uh, healing practices, uh, I was comfortable with the fact that, oh, this is my body telling me it's letting go of energies and um, things that it doesn't need anymore. So though it didn't show up as emotional or a thought process, I knew that energetically uh, this was, was happening. And so I gave it room for that. Um, and then that transitioned um, into when I was ab about um, 58, 
uh, when I got a calling, in a sense, a spiritual calling and inspiration to quit the work I was doing. Uh, I was facilitating a coaching training program in the in the uh, uh, Silicon Valley uh, at the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. And I'd been doing that for almost 10 years, and it was wonderful, and it was successful, and I had a lot of clients, and I was really happy with that work. But I was I was uh, called uh, to something else that I didn't know. I just knew that it would be very exciting and uh, prosperous. And, and uh, in a sense, it felt like I was going to get famous from it. And not from an um, illusional place. I was doing a lot of good work. So it was possible that that was going to happen. So I, um, I stopped the training program. Uh, I'd already been living on Orcas Island for about eight years. So the idea was I would do my work primarily from here until I got called to wherever and whatever. And uh, so I quit. And the day that I finished all of that and was home, I was ready for the phone to ring and it didn't ring. And nobody called and uh, nothing happened. And so the bottom line is, is that my clients disappeared uh, and the financial stability disappeared. And I was in a panic because nothing was showing up. And it's like, wait, what's what's happening? I know I was called. And I've had a number of callings before. Uh, and if you want to know more about that, my book, The, um, the uh, Unholy Path, The Unholy Path of a Reluctant Adventurer, is a book I wrote that, that talks about the many callings I've had and how I followed those and those kinds of things. So I was familiar with the process of having a calling and following through, which included crossing the Atlantic Ocean. So I was waiting because I knew that this was what was happening. But in that process, I had to begin to look at things differently. And I had to begin to turn my faith towards the higher, my higher power, my higher knowing, my highest truth, and begin to train myself to make choices from that place, as opposed to make choices from consensus view of reality, like go get a job, you know, go do this, go do that, be busy, do this and do that. And it was, I knew it was time to turn myself and my turn myself in towards something else. And for me, that was the beginning of my spiritual immersion process. Now, important thing here is that I'm calling it a spiritual immersion process versus a spiritual emergence process. And the reason I make that distinction, you can find books on spiritual immersion or emergence. And I think the idea of spiritual immersion is a little bit newer. Um, For me, a spiritual emergence process, there is more of an emergency to it quite often. Um, And there's more of a challenging um, indicators that are showing up. Uh, Kundalini, or again, um, uh, the body is doing things or feeling things or sensing things, or there may be um, uh, a spiritual um, uh, presence or um, a sense of possession or something that's for me, this is my my work in terms of my understanding, and uh, is something is happening in the body that is greater than and so it needs attention and it needs attention in a way that will take you again into a spiritual immersion process but the the symptoms if you will or the indicators are saying something needs my attention right away and the if it's an emergency 
a spiritual emergency, then your attention is needed like immediately and you need the support of either people who know how to be with spiritual emergencies or you're probably going to be um, want to go into a medical facility where you can get some support that way. So there's all kinds of ways, but I don't want to focus on that so much, but just to say there there are spiritual emergences that happen, emerging, like you're emerging like a flower, uh, or there's emergencies where things are happening quickly and you need the, the, the attention that you can get. And quite often that usually um, happens in terms of a medical facility. For me, uh, I've had, I was gifted, I felt like because it was gift to experience Um, to take the steps myself to say, okay, I have to train myself to be with this in a way that is going to help and support me, not um, avoid and ignore this anymore. Because it was unignorable. Uh, What was happening financially, what was happening in my relationship with my husband, what was happening uh, with my work, um, it it was not ignorable. So I had to pay attention. And in that, I began to take the steps to, um, to self-discovery in relation to my spirit self. So I started to uh, dance with God, if you will. I started to learn how to dance with God, uh, how to learn to dance with myself as God, to learn to dance with myself as this divine oneness that I said I was and said everybody is, but didn't actually walk the talk. So that process then um, has has evolved over the years into a, just an exquisite relationship that I have with with the divine universe. And um, in that, it wasn't as if I was laying on the couch all day doing nothing. I was very creative. Uh, I was very active. Um, I had to be outside. I live in a very natural environment, so I had to be outside couple of hours a day at least. I had to walk. Uh, I had clients. Uh, I did a lot of writing. I wrote, I've written about, I think I've written like 11 books in that time period. Uh, Went to Russia and did some retreats. So it's not as though I was doing nothing and uh, life sucked. Uh, Life was very, very, and continues to be very creative and inspiring. And these challenges kept coming up, not kept coming up. They were part of my life to continue to press into what I needed to know for myself, what I needed to change my beliefs about, what I needed to focus on, what I needed to train myself to do uh, in terms of rather than focusing on fear-based reality, I began to train myself to focus on the highest truth, the highest knowing, what my essential nature was, as opposed to what I should be doing. So those are, I'm, I'm wanting to give you a, a piece of, here's potentially what this looks like, and here's what it looks like, looked like and experienced for me. Uh, and, um, and everyone will have their own unique experience. Uh, so what I found most valuable for me to to discover, go through this discovery process was to use um, specific books uh, that uh, were my teachers. So uh, Course in Miracles was really helpful. A book named uh, called Oneness. It's by a woman named Rasha, R-A-S-H-A. Highly recommend that book. Um, journaling every day um, because that was a way that I could really connect with myself. Um, David Hawkins' work, 
uh, cultivating, no, that's not it, David Hawkins' book, um, Levels of Consciousness. Um, oh, anyway, we'll talk about that more. But David Hawkins' work was really, has been, and continues to be very, very helpful in looking at and um, distinguishing what's happening and where and why. That was really, really helpful. So I think that's it for today. I just want to give you a little heads up. Um, prior to all of this, or as I was going through all of this, I've been a marriage and family therapist. I've worked in recovery uh, for years. I worked in Nova Scotia in the recovery center um, <clears throat> and um, use the recovery model in just with just about every single person, whether it's a spiritual immersion process or whatever their life issues are, quite often there's a recovery addictive patterning that needs to shift. And, and in terms of cultivating this process of spiritual immersion, that there are addictive patterns that, that need to be looked at and discovered and chosen, if you will, to say, oh, that doesn't work for me anymore. I got to give that one up. And um, how long it takes in the sense of detoxing from uh, our cellular memory from traumas or emotions or patternings that have been with us probably, uh, they come through quite often from our ancestors, but sometimes through our own past life experiences or parallel life experiences. All kinds of things show up in this process of spiritual immersion. So my intention with these, again, with these um, podcasts on spiritual immersion, taking the plunge, is to support and empower you to be with yourself with a lot of compassion and kindness to, um, to know yourself through this process and know that you're not alone and to know that there are sources out there and supports that, um, you know, that are available to you all the time. It doesn't make the process easier it just makes it more comfortable to know you're not alone. And it still will feel like you're alone, and you're not, but it will feel that way. But you're not. <laughs> so that's a part of my job here. All right, blessings to you. If you have any questions or ideas or thoughts questions that you'd like me to talk about, uh, please leave a comment here, or you can email me at rosie at theparadigmshifts.com. All right, blessings to you. Bye for now. 